Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rada McBerto Willis, your host. Today we have a the most special guest in the country right now. We're talking about Representative Sinfronia Thompson, the Dean of the Houston House. Someone that has been there for over 50 years and knows exactly how the system works. Representative, thank you so kindly for spending this time with Politics Done Right. I am delighted to be on your show. Well, let me tell you something. This is this is important because I don't know if America knows the severity of what we're talking about. And uh, having you as the leader in this in this motion, I think is quite important. So what I'd like you to do for uh, for us is explain to America exactly what is happening in Texas, because I think they just think it's a it's a voting thing that affects just a bunch of black people. In effect, this affects everybody. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? It's a, it's a bill that would affect everyone. Uh, what is really going on is uh, the legislature is trying to strip away the voting rights of people. Here's how they're trying to do it. Um, we have been very progressive, uh, probably due to the pandemic last year, and trying to uh, create uh, conditions where people can go safely and cast their vote. We believe in the security of the vote. We believe in the transparency uh, in voting. And we want to make sure that people have a right to have a voice in their democracy if they, if they choose. And how do you do that? You do that through the process of voting. In Harris County, we had some drive-through voting, which means that those persons, uh, and we found out that 60% of the person who went and drove through to cast their vote, 60% of them were women. And what happens is this. You get off at about 11 o'clock at night. You know the polls are normally closed at 7. But if you have a 24-hour voting uh, center where you can drive through, cash your vote, don't even have to get out of your car. And you can just drive on and keep voting. Keep voting and drive on and go home. It helps those mothers who have just picked their kids up, put them in the car, at 11 o'clock at night, they're driving home so she can get them in the bed, but she can stop off a few minutes, cast her ballot, and keep going. Never have to wake the kids up to get to move out of the car and go inside of a voting facility to vote. They do not want larger urban areas to have that flexibility in voting. We had uh, 24-hour voting. The bill that is before the Texas legislature that we walked out on and refused to allow them to strip our citizens of their voting rights would deprive people with disabilities the opportunity to participate in government. Here's how that would happen. Let's say, for instance, that they got a mail ballot. And because of their disability, they want to send it in and you're required to sign your name on the back of it. You'll be required to put your uh, driver's license number on, on it someplace or your last four numbers or your social. Now, if this ballot is supposed to be a sealed ballot, how are they going to get the number, your driver's license off of that envelope inside unless they open the envelope? In addition to that, you're supposed to sign it. Many times people, a person with disability have acquired a driver's license or a identification card, maybe five years ago. 
What happens when they have a stroke and they have the inability to sign their name like they did five years ago? That ballot is going to be thrown out because they're going to have an individual person who's not skilled or trained in handwriting uh, expertise to just look at it and say, oh, this doesn't look like Elvis' uh, signature at all. Look at it what, five years ago and look at it now. You can hardly tell whose signature it is. It doesn't take into consideration things that may have happened that would impede the, the signature of that particular person. And it creates some other problems. They, they poll watchers. The election judge would be unable to dismiss a poll watcher. And the poll watcher is going to have the run of the precinct. They can come. They can look over your shoulder and see who, how you're voting. They can come close enough if you're a person who's standing there talking to yourself. So I'm wondering, should I vote for this person or this person? And they'll listen to your conversation. They can get close enough to hear what you have to say. There's, there is a problem and there's a violation of some constitutional rights there. So it looks like to me that what the Republicans want to do in this legislation is to manipulate the laws so it would benefit them rather than to benefit the people of this state. And the reason that we left, and particularly the reason that I left, I had to go back into history, Elbert, and I had to do some reflections. And when I did some reflections, I thought about my grandparents who reared me and how they used to work for $2 a week. And they would save pennies and nickels because they couldn't afford to save quarters. A quarter we saved was a whole lot of money back then. Particularly if you had two dollars that you were making, you had to pay your transportation to your job and from your job. So you're really going to end up with less than total two dollars. And then they saved up enough money to be able to vote. And we didn't have the mode of transportation like we have today, where buses was running frequently, or you can grab a, a van from the church. Those things would just didn't exist. And you had to go along, they had to go a long ways to cast their ballot. And they can only vote in general elections because if you were black, you were not permitted to vote in the primaries. It was not until Thurgood Marshall won a case called Lonnie Smith versus the state of Texas that we were able to vote in the primaries in the state of Texas. And it was that came about sometime in the early 60s. So when I thought about my grandparents and all the things that they went through, and I had an opportunity to see the people who had been beaten because they tried to get a right to vote. They had been hosed down with fire uh, hose, water knocking them down. Dogs leached on them where they would be bitten, beaten with bivy clubs, churches bombed, buses set on fire. Many people were killed just trying to get the right to vote that was guaranteed all Americans under the Constitution of the United States. When I saw those sort of things and I went back into the files of my mind in history, it was difficult for me. A person who had to buy a poll tax when I first voted, for me to sit there and remain a hostage in the House of Representatives in Texas and let those people rip away my constituents' constitutional rights to participate in government. It was wrong. It was wrong then, and it's wrong now, and I'll tell them they are wrong. So why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we looking now at a bill that want to do all these things? Just go back a few, uh, just a few years ago. The governor and the lieutenant governor lost Harris County. 
And they are for re-election next year, and they don't want a repeat of that. They don't want it to be repeated that the people of Harris County may not vote for them, and they may lose Harris County in the re-election of their offices. We have people of color. Texas is now 30 million people. 84% of them are people of color. And the 15% are still trying to dominate that 84%. And we're having people of color win offices of various kinds at every level of our government. And that to them is a, to the 15% or the 16% that remains, that is a complete threat to them. Why would I want to pass a bill where they're going to send poll watchers there that look like the Proud Boys in a black or brown precinct? Why would I want to do that? Just the mere presence of them is intimidating. Walking around you looking like they're going to uh, prevent you from doing something. It, it sends, it's a chilling effect of people who walk in that booth to try to cast their ballots. And, I would, and I'm just so disappointed that Texas has gotten to that position. And many other states across this nation have also gotten to that position. That the only way that they feel like the democracy to continue to work in this country is that they must rip away the rights of people of color to vote in America. That the people of color should not have a voice in their government if they want to. All of us want transparency. All of us want secure elections. And the Governor Abbott's own Secretary of State said the 2020 election was the most safest, secure, and transparent election. So if all of that happened, why are we here? Exactly. What's interesting, Representative, is that that same Attorney General, Ken Paxton, went on uh, conservative TV and said that had it not been for him suppressing the vote in Harris County, Donald Trump would have lost the uh, Texas the election in Texas. Isn't that sort of revealing? I thought that was such an emboldening uh, position to take that he was willing to suppress the vote and publicly adm admit, yes, I suppressed the vote because had I not suppressed the vote, my Lord and Savior Donald Trump would not have won. Now, let me ask you this, because you're in Washington, D.C. With, with your crew. And um, do you see that, or that do you feel that uh, the Democrats that you find on the national stage, are they expressing the urgency that we can all see, not only in Texas, but in other states as well? Well, today I, uh, I had an opportunity to visit with Senator Manchin from Virginia. And uh, we uh, uh, could have had a, a, a nicer person to visit with, a person who was uh, 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 seemed to be quite understanding of our plight. And he allowed us to talk to him about what is actually happening to us here in Texas. He allowed to, uh, us to uh, tell him he listened to what we had to say. And uh, he didn't say it to us. He said, you know, I thought you all were going to walk in here and talk to me about the filibuster. Well, you know, we're all politicians. We know sometimes you have to work with people across the aisle. And sometimes you feel like that maybe, you know, you give them another uh, lease on life in order to come around to what you believe would be the right approach for them to take. 
And I went, and we said, no, we want to talk to you about what our plight is and how you believe that how we, you believe that you can help us. And, that, and in the end of the conversation, we talked about the Voters' Rights Act that was knocked down in the Alabama, uh, Shelby versus Alabama case in, in 2013. We talked about the new case that uh, the Roberts Court just uh, ruled upon where they literally killed all aspects of the Voters' Rights Act. VR4 uh, and VR2, know, right? Pardon me? VR4 and VR2. Yes, absolutely. And um, he talked, and we told him about the need of those those provisions being back in law. And then he he went and went through an enumeration of years and he showed us that he didn't understand it because the Congress had the almost unanimously voted year after year after year in an effort to be able to uh, reauthorize uh, the, voting, the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and he couldn't understand why there's a, there was such a withdrawal from that position after they had voted for it during the time of uh, President George W. Bush in 2000, I think, in seven. It might right, have been the reauthorization. Yes. yes. And so he says, uh, we talked about guardrails that he wanted to put on there, uh, the bill, um, making the, the, uh, the national holiday for, for uh, voting uh, on federal, at the federal level. And we talk about him reinstituting particularly for the state of Texas, the Voters' Rights Act, and how we felt like the, that Voters' Rights Act would be a protection uh, for people to have a right to vote, who wanted, who were eligible to vote, to have a say in their government if they decided that they wanted to do that. So we had, I believe, what we what I would consider a very meaningful uh, conversation with him today. Now, let's get to uh, one last thing, and that is the practicality of uh, what you're actually doing now. Uh, the, the session will end in about three weeks. Uh, in three weeks, I imagine everybody will be returning to Texas, after which the governor would immediately have another session. Will you all then go to that other session or will you? Well, I know you can't really tell a strategy, but uh, but will you uh, would you likely, given that you have some assurances on the federal level, would you likely go ahead and just let the bill pass? I know every Democrat will vote no on the bill but let it pass knowing that all the laws that are being passed that, that are voter oppressive laws will actually be rendered moot by uh, the federal side? Okay, let me uncouple those three, three, three um, uh, questions that you asked me. First of all, we don't know at what uh, time that the federal law would be passed if, if one is passed. Uh, he just believed that if the, if the bill was streamlined down to uh, several things that, that he probably get enough support to put in place some safeguards that would be very helpful and beneficial. And I saw that as a way or a means of building upon something once you have something in place. And second, Lolly, uh, we don't know what our strategy may be at the end of this first uh, special session. Uh, so I can't speak to that because I really don't know. I don't, I really don't know. And thirdly, the Republicans, if they have a quorum, can pass the bill at any time because they have the votes and we don't. We can't We can't stop them. The only way that we were able to stop them this time is because of the fact that, you know, we left. And the, the governor is saying that we are causing, um, our leaving is causing the uh, uh, six of the agencies 
uh, on a delay. He he vetoed the legislative branch of the he did that. That's not your you're doing. That's what he did. He did that because what we did was we have an op, we have a constitutional obligation to pass a budget. We passed the budget. We gave it to the governor, and he made the decision to veto the legislative branch. He he made the decision to do that and to punish those people. And now he wants to say it is our problem, but it's not his, our problem. It's his problem because he created it. Oh, we'll make sure to let that be known quite widely, that it is that, that what he's uh, and he's bringing up the issues with teachers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which again. Well, we voted. We voted for the teacher's bill. Right. We voted. We voted for a teacher's bill and, a, and, and we voted for COLA for teachers. And those bills went to the calendars committee. The calendar chairman is a Republican, and the majority of the people on the calendar committee are Republicans. They could have let that bill out at any time they wanted to and passed it. We all we always know that the Republicans are not into teachers anyway, but um, uh, they're not into education. They're not into any of those things. I know as, as the dean of the Congress, you can't quite address that, but um, <clears throat> that I can. <laughs> anyway, uh, Representative... Um, the last question I always ask anybody that I speak to is, what would you have liked me to ask you or what would you like to let our audience know that we didn't get to? Well, one of the things I like to my audience to know is that we believe so much that the right to vote, as Lyndon Johnson said in 1965 on August the 6th, is the greatest right that we have. And it gives a personal right to have a say in their government. And my constituents can be assured of one thing, that I'm going to do everything I possibly can to protect their right to vote. It's not a privilege. It's a right. You're it's exhausted. a right that cannot be taken from them. And I don't, want that, I don't want that right stripped away from them because some Republicans want to manipulate the laws where it would benefit them to stay in power. There is no doubt that your district has the person who needs to be there fighting for them. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Representative Sinfronia Thompson, it's been my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.